Hello, everyone. Welcome to Electric Skatecast. I am your co-host, Official Terminal S, here with the showrunner and brains behind the operation, Electric Skatecast's very own Jay Grand GR. How are we doing? I'm doing fantastic this fine evening. I'm ready to talk about something I need to learn a lot about, so I'm a little excited to uh, to get some learning in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, episode eight is going to be dedicated directly to some springtime board maintenance. Uh, springtime is upon us, so we are going to talk about some ways to regularly maintain your board, um, as well as some options for those of you uh, that may not want to maintain it and want to just uh, buy new things. <laughs> um, wow, I feel attacked. <laughs> ultimately, ultimately uh, it can be easier to do just that uh, than buy the supplies to maintain it, but regular maintenance will prevent you from having to buy things over and over. Um, so to start things off, do you clean your board? And if you do, how do you clean? Ooh, your board? All right, here we go. Okay. So I struggle with the maintenance part, the cleaning I'm, I'm pretty good at, but the maintenance part I struggle with because I didn't, I didn't start out with long boards and bearings and bushings and all that kind of stuff. I, I kind of had to, to pick up as I went along. Uh, but to summarize briefly, my cleaning based on it depends a little bit on, on what the problem is. Uh, if it's just dry dust and dirt from typical riding a dry cloth or paper towel to kind of uh, get the, the surface of the board down, especially the underbelly. If it's been a while, I'll unscrew the enclosures and then see if there's any dust or dust that's made its way inside of there um, and kind of wipe that down as well careful not to use a whole lot of water in this process because we know how water and electronics go when it comes to these things. Let me think salt. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, salt, uh, definitely a little bit more serious. I try to take like a, a very, very lightly damp uh, washcloth and really get that salt out of there, especially obviously anything metal. Don't want that, you know, taking the wheels off, cleaning in the, in the axles, the trucks to get, uh, to get any, see if any salt, particles made their way inside there while we were shredding. Um, and I try to do that a few times during the winter, although I don't, I don't really ride during the winter, but sometimes you get that salt residue left over from the last, uh, last run of plow trucks. So, you know, it, it's good to better be safe than sorry. So you're not buying all those replacement parts, but overall, I'd say that's, that's the most I do, uh, when it comes to cleaning is, is a dry, dry cloth or maybe slightly damp. Um, cause I'm not trying to get any extra water damage in there. And then I, every so often we'll, we'll take apart the enclosures and make sure there's no extra dust in there. And that at the same time, I'll also, um, and this is more maintenance. I'll also make sure all the connections are, are solid that nothing's about to fall out and I'm suddenly going to lose braking power or something. Yeah. And I mean, I think it goes without saying that you should do all of this without having the board powered. Oh on. yeah. Yeah. Um, the board, <laughs> since we are using electronics, yeah. it's best the to Make sure your board's powered off uh, when you're doing any sort of maintenance, whether it's with a damp rag or dry mm -hmm. rag or whatever you're doing. Make sure that your board is powered off before you do Absolutely. Yeah, especially when you're taking apart the enclosures and, and unplugging and replugging things in. Um, it's just generally the odds are more in your favor uh, and, uh, you know, less risk to the skateboard when you versus having electrical currents running through it. Um, and especially with those connections when you're plugging and unplugging everything. Uh, which is something I tend to do a lot just cause I, I'm moderately anxious when it comes to reliability of skateboards and the thought of having disconnects or, or lost connections of anything 
is something that moderately terrifies me. So I, I'm definitely always double checking my connections probably every couple months, maybe a little bit more often if I'm riding every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's something that a lot of people forget about is that those connections do need to be checked because these things rattle around quite a bit, especially when we're riding. Um, if you're on any sort of rough mm -hmm. terrain, uh, the rattle alone um, can cause some of those connections to come loose. So just make sure that you're checking all those connections, make sure that they're plugged in securely. Many of them have uh, little clips to ensure that they're, they're still snapped in. But um, for those that aren't just, just make sure that they're securely fastened all the way up um, as best. And this can. comes back to something that has grown a lot with the electric skateboards coming out of China, where a lot of parts are modular and, you know, a V3 part will still work on a V2 part and kind of turn it into a Frankenstein board. Um, check, double checking those yep. connections uh, is extremely important um, for, for those types of reasons where you're adding new parts to the board and swapping out parts. And it might not be because anything's broken. It might just be you want a new battery. But the those connections are, are the lifeblood of the board, right? I mean, there's no... There's no gas engine in this thing. It's all those connectors. If if those connectors don't work, you yep. you just have a really heavy longboard. <laughs> so uh, I encourage everybody listening to you know double check your connections uh, because they're they're so important and they're they're the difference between you having breaks when you needing them when you need them and uh, and having a really bad time. Yeah, and I think that that kind of ties into some of the do's and don'ts of maintenance. Um, so obviously one of the do's is check your connections. Mm -hmm. Um, and on the don't side of that, don't do it while the board is turned on. <laughs> True. Um, again, you're dealing with electronics. Um, it's never a good idea to pull something out that's currently connected with a current going through it. Um, chances of you getting shocked are pretty low if you're just messing with wire connections as far as the, the little, um, connector ports go. But um, shorting a motherboard on the board itself or the BMS or anything like that, that kind of stuff does happen when you're messing with the current and possibly turning it on and off quick. Um, so doing that would definitely, not definitely, but quite possibly cause some issues with, with connections and uh, frying circuitry and things like that. So always make sure your stuff is turned off when you're doing this. You don't need to make sure the battery is completely drained. Um, that's not really an issue. It's just making sure that the board itself isn't powered on when you're removing the battery or uh, removing the ESC or anything like that. Yeah, and, and you touched um, on something briefly, and we, we were talking about this earlier, um, especially here in the winter when boards get put up for months at a time. And then later on in the spring, Somebody will go, oh, well, my board won't turn on now. And the, the, the question is, usually the couple questions are, hey, uh, what was the battery life like before you put it away? And it's usually like zero yep. or something like that or, or, or something, yep. <laughs> something ridiculous. And the second question is, where did you keep the board? And it's usually, oh, yeah, uh, my car's parked outside. I kept it in the trunk uh, during a Canadian winter for six months. Yeah. Or I left oh, it in the garage man. with the door open yeah. or something like that's, that. That's a, that's a dunzo. That's uh that's spring, yeah. spring cleaning Absolutely. of your bank account. Cause you're going to be buying a new electric skateboard. Yeah. And you definitely want to try and keep that battery stored at like 60%, mm -hmm. um, anywhere from like 60, 65, maybe even 70% is okay. 
60% is probably the, the most recommended among most companies. Um, cause then you're still above that half threshold as well. Um, and that way when you do power it back on, it has some juice to balance out the cells and things like that. Um, I'm not an expert when it comes to batteries. I don't make my own batteries, but I do know that storing them with some charge is definitely much better than storing them without charge. Um, it's much easier to recharge a board back to full um, when it's already got some juice in it than starting from nothing, um, especially when you let those cells just kind of slowly die, um, whether it's from cold or long-term storage or anything like that. Um, so again, we do recommend 60% when you do store your board for long periods of time. And I would say that's any period of time longer than two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, just be safe about it. There's, there's nothing wrong with keeping it at 60%. Um, and it's, it's nice too. I know some boards uh, have a built-in BMS that will actually um, discharge some of the battery to 60%, like the X-Way yep. Flex. So hopefully that's a trend that we see on more boards moving forward where they have an automatic discharge when it's stored for a long period of time. Um, Cause then it will just save you that hassle of having to worry about it. But you also have to make sure that the board is at a hundred percent before you store it. So right. <laughs> uh, regardless of how you do it, um, try and keep some charge in that board and 60% to 70% is definitely recommended. And you know, one thing that all these electric skateboards have in common, obviously, is a battery, right? But one one thing that kind of creates two different camps of maintenance going past the battery and just, you know, wiping the thing down is the, the different motor systems, the different drives, right? You have belt drive mm -hmm. uh, maintenance. You have mm -hmm. hub motor uh, maintenance. And for me, I just got my first belt motor board, what, last November, December? Yeah. yeah and, ago. um, well, I guess I, that's not true. That's my first boosted board, but the, the raw day I've had since what last April. So like a year. Um, yeah. and that's, that's yeah. taught me all sorts of things about, you know, what does a healthy belt look like and you know, how, how much give should that belt have? And, and as these, as these companies transition from hub motor boards to belt, uh, as their most popular selling point, these Chinese companies, I think we're going to see a whole new mm -hmm. generation of riders having to learn over, uh, learn for that first time, you know, how do you change a belt? Is this clicking sound normal, right? Stuff boosted riders have been asking each other for years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing with belts is regular checks on your belts is very important. Um, I personally check my belts before I ride every single time. Um, the belts are typically made out of some sort of Kevlar or many of them are just the 3M uh, reinforced nylon. But regardless of what kind of belt you're using, um, it's good to check it every single time. Um, you want to look for any tears on the edges of the belts. Um, you want to look for any rocks that may be stuck in the motor pulley um, that may be causing friction on the belt um, or skipping of any kind. So definitely do a quick look over of your belts. If you do need to order new belts, um, they're very easy to replace. Typically, you just have to take the, the wheel off itself um, and some kind of motor guard uh, that protects the belt while it's going through the motor. Once you remove the belt, um, it's pretty easy to see what a bad belt looks like, especially if you have one. Uh, many of the teeth on the belt will actually start to tear um, if the belt's getting overused um, or is tensioned improperly. And once you replace that belt, it'll be like a night and day uh, difference. You'll be able to 
break more smoothly, accelerate more quickly. Um, you won't hear that like click, 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 or, uh, you know, grinding sound of the belt trying to grab the, the pulley. So definitely check your belts regularly. Very important. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can get them for pretty inexpensive, um, on eboard stuff, Amazon. Um, just make sure you're getting the right size belt. Um, so definitely check with whatever board manufacturer you have. Um, it's going to depend on the length of the belt as well as the number of teeth on the belt. Um, because that's what coincides with the, the wheel pulley or the motor pulley. Uh, so make sure that you're checking the correct specs for your belts. Um, once you have that, you can order the belts from pretty much anywhere. Um, I just recommend eboard stuff because they have lifetime belts, which are kind of mm-hmm. nice. Um, those tend to work a little bit better. I've heard really good things. I personally just ordered a set. Um, I'm looking forward to getting those. And yeah, I think ultimately just check your belts regularly. Um, they're the most important thing of your, your belt drive system um, outside of the pulley itself. And they're going to increase the longevity of your ride and make sure that you're secure while you are riding. And uh, two follow-up questions for you. Um, and these might be pretty softball questions for you. Uh, how much give yeah. should a belt have in a, in a belt drive system? How much, how much flex? Yeah, I, if you, if you want to do a test to figure out what tension your belt should be at, um, I typically re- recommend just doing a quick little finger test. Um, you don't want to be able to squeeze the belts completely. Um, so once they're actually on and going through the pulley system, they'll be kind of like a triangle shape, mm-hmm. right? So when you go to squeeze those belts or press on the belts, um, you want it to feel firm, but it needs to have a little right. bit of a give. So you want it to be firm. You don't want it to be so tight that, you know, you could, I don't know, (laughs) write your name on it or anything like that. Like if it was, I don't, I don't know a good expression. Yeah. It can't, it can't Um, be solid flat, like concrete. It it does need to have a little flex. You, yeah, you don't, you don't want it to be so tight that it feels like, like wood or concrete or something that has no give. You want it to have just enough give, um, that you can see it bend slightly. Um, you don't want it to give too much, uh, where it feels like you're on a trampoline or anything like that. Um, because then your belts are going to be too loose and that's when you're going to start skipping teeth, um, and things like that. And that's just going to wear your belt out quicker. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, in the short term, because again, it's, it's just going to wear your belt out quicker. Um, so it's definitely something that you'll kind of get used to. Um, and on the reverse of that, when you have it too tight, then that's going to cause the belt to wear out quicker. Um, so both both cases, whether it's loose or tight, um, it's going to wear the belt out quicker. And in some cases, if your belt is too tight, it may even um, start to bend the motor shaft, um, which is something that you want to avoid. Uh, it, it sounds bizarre, but when you have a piece of metal that's being pulled that tightly, um, at that many revolutions per minute, it can slowly bend that motor shaft. So a tight belt or too tight of a belt is not good. You want to have it just firm enough that there's a little bit of give to it. Um, and if you ever need uh, recommendations for videos and things like that to watch, um, Boosted put up some great videos on YouTube of tensioning the belts uh, for theirs. Um, I'm sure Evolve also has some videos on their YouTube channel about how to tension your belts properly. But again, you want to make sure that it has just a little bit of give 
um, and it needs to be taught. So a little bit of give, taught, um, not so firm that you can, you know, not bend it at all, um, and not too loose that you can touch your your other finger when you press on it. So, yeah, I would say I would say probably the best analogy is. You know, if it's as stiff as a pencil, you've got a problem. If it's as flexible as a rubber band, you've got a problem on the opposite end of the spectrum. So there definitely just needs to be yeah. a little bit of give. I, I want to say it was like a few millimeters or a couple centimeters was what somebody told me a long time ago of give. Nothing nothing crazy, yeah. just enough to be flexible so that um, your your belt's longevity is, is optimized because this is already kind of an expensive hobby and buying belts every, you know, short amount of miles is, is going to add up quickly. Yeah, a good a good set of belts at the right tension should last you two three hundred mm-hmm. miles, um, and with some of the lifetime belts and things like that, those might last you even longer um, six hundred seven hundred eight hundred miles. Um, it just depends on how tight you have the belts. So definitely mess with the tension. Um, do what feels best. Don't have it too loose. That would be my my top mm-hmm. recommendation. Um, you don't want it too loose because then you start skipping. Um, and that's when you have issues of breaking and things like that. So we can so, add that. Um, if you so are, we can add that to the don'ts of your do's and don'ts of maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't don't have your belt tension too loose. Um, that's that's definitely a don't. Cool. Um, and then on the reverse side, um, something that you're probably a little bit more familiar with um, is the hub drive systems. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hub motors are kind of a give and take. Um, many of them are difficult to maintain. Um, but there are definitely some things you can do to increase the longevity of a hub system. Um, but ultimately if your hub system is starting to go bad or faulty, or it's not rotating properly, um, typically the best thing to do is just replace the hub drive system. Um, but as I mentioned, there are ways to increase the longevity of your hub drive system. Um, and one of those is just making sure that it's clean. Absolutely. Uh, so toothbrush, simple isopropyl solution, something like that to keep it clean, keep the dust out, um, or even using uh, one of those like electronic duster guns. Mm-hmm. Um, those things work miracles on these electric boards, um, getting things out of the ESC enclosures, getting things out of the battery yeah. enclosures. Um, I can't stress that enough that a, a duster gun um, or even a high powered air pressure uh, gun or something like that. Any of those things will work very well um, to get dust and grime out of hard to reach places, especially with the hub drive system where everything's kind of internal. Right. Um, that 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 duster gun goes along. The way. other thing that I see all the time on, on social media about hub drives is, you know, they show the 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 wheel, right? They show the picture of the hub motor and they go, "Hey, is this is it time for me to get a new hub motor?" And 80% mm-hmm. of the time, 80 to 90% of the time, the answer is no. And here's why is because until, I mean, until there's practically no urethane, that urethane's already so thin it, mm-hmm. on paper, according to physics, it's going to keep rolling. Now, eventually, yes, it's not going to be as smooth of a ride. Um, getting nails out and pieces of metal, obviously is super important. And a lot of brands have, uh, have removable sleeves now, whereas before that was pretty rare, which mm-hmm. is which is cool. Um, but yeah, if you get a chip in your urethane, don't go buy another hub motor. They're re- or even a sleeve. They're kind of expensive, and, and especially with shipping nowadays. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I would reach out to um, other people with hub motor boards, maybe that have a generation older, and take a look at their 
at their wheels um, and see if they've ever replaced theirs. Uh, that's a pretty good hint of kind of a some kind of standard for what you need to be looking for because I, I see so many people like oh I just you know I rode for 300 miles and I already have a chip in my wheel well it's it's pretty thin urethane and you know our roads aren't great so that's that's semi-normal and it's one of the downsides of a hub motor system is yeah you just have that thin sleeve of urethane but um, unless you're denting the metal can that the the electromagnets are in uh, you're probably fine to keep riding it uh, again, unless you're, you're literally touching metal onto the pavement. Um, then in which case it might be time to get new sleeves or a new hub motor. Yeah. And, and the thing about a new hub sleeve or urethane sleeve for your hub motor, um, when you're removing those plates, a lot of those screws that are holding on the, the plate that keeps that urethane sleeve on, those are all held on with mm-hmm. Loctite. So when you are going to put that sleeve on the new one and you replace that plate or put the new plate on or put the same plate on make sure when you put those screws in you're using a like a dab of loctite on each screw Um, if you don't you'll start to lose those little screws and those are very hard to replace a lot of them are um, specific to that hub motor so make sure when you're doing that maintenance you hold on to those screws buy yourself a little bit of loctite that stuff is very inexpensive Um, You can find it at any local hardware store and it does miracles. Um, It's basically like an adhesive for metal screws. Um, It's not going to damage the plate, the urethane or anything like that. It's just a way to hold those screws in. Um, The same thing applies to belt drive systems. If you're ever replacing the screws on the motors while you're tensioning them or the plate covers or anything like that, just use a a small little dab of Loctite, it will go miles and miles um, in favor of you when you're doing I would, Yeah, Loctite is, is pretty popular now with, with most electric skateboard makers, so it's important when you unscrew those screws that you kind of... Rep- it's just like replacing a screw. you got to replace the, the Loctite. And uh, according to Loctite, the blue Loctite is probably the most recommended for screws. It's kind of a medium strength. Um, and it's removable. Yeah, you don't want to dabble into the red um, Loctite or anything like that. That's when it actually starts to um, almost mold the metal um, inside when it makes mm-hmm. contact. So definitely stick with the blue Loctite. Um, again, very inexpensive. You can find it at any local hardware store online. I'm sure you can also find it. Um, but it's definitely important when you're replacing those screws that you don't want to lose or don't want to rattle out. True words, man. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen social media posts of people be like, oh, yeah, I was riding, the screw fell out. And uh, yeah, and it it definitely happens a lot more with the hub motors I've mm -hmm. found. Um, A lot of the the boards with belts, the plate cover, either the screw comes loose and like, oh, I I heard a rattling. So I, I grabbed my screw. But with those hub motors, they're so quiet that those little screws will just fly out and you won't even notice until it's too late. So Definitely use some Loctite. Um, and on the reverse of the rear, the motor area, um, we also have bearings on the front of the board that need to be replaced occasionally um, or maintained. Um, if you're going to do maintenance on them, um, I would definitely recommend checking the value um, of maintenance over the purchase of new bearings. Um, if you're only going to be replacing the, the two front wheels, Um, Sometimes it's better to just purchase a set of bearings. You can get a set of Bones Reds for like 10, 15 Mm -hmm. bucks 
and that will be two sets of bearings uh, because those bearings only work on the front wheels if if you're using a hub system or a belt drive system um, and those bearings will go a long way um, most of them won't need to be changed unless you go through like deep mud water rust right. things like that um, and on the reverse side, if you are going to be doing maintenance and maybe you have ceramic bearings or bearings that you don't want to replace, um, I recommend looking into like a bones bearing cleaner kit. Um, they're very inexpensive. It's like 10 bucks for the bottle. Um, it's just basically a bottle with a bearing holder on the cap. So you basically slide your bearings on with these little spacers. You fill the bottle with isopropyl alcohol or any other bearing cleaner. Um, some companies have like a citrus bearing cleaner. Um, it doesn't necessarily matter. I use isopropyl alcohol, uh, but you fill that bottle up with a little bit of that, put the bearings on the cap um, knobby thing, and you just shake it up. Um, the idea is to get anything that's in there loose. Um, so you just kind of shake it up, get all that dirt and grime loose. Um, and then once you're done, you're going to take them out set them on uh, you know, paper towel or something like that, um, or a towel if you have one that's used for maintenance regularly. And you're just gonna tap them to try and get any of the, the bigger pieces out that may be stuck in there. And then once those are dry, you're gonna wanna take a drop of either bone speed cream um, or some other bearing lubricant and just do one drop on each side. Um, so you know, make sure that that's all good to go. Once those drops are in, do a quick spin um, make sure that cream is well lubricated throughout the entire bearing. And that's going to increase that longevity of the bearing. Um, some bearings do have plates that you'll need to remove. You can just use a tiny little screwdriver to pop those, those plates off. Um, some of them are rubberized. Um, it just depends on the bearings that you're looking into getting or have. Um, but you definitely want to make sure that they're clean before you put that cream in um, or the lubricant, because if you put that in, while they're still dirty, you're just going to create more gunk and grime. Uh, so make sure you clean them prior to add, applying any lubricant or speed cream or anything like that. And cut. I mean, there you go. That's bearings in a nutshell. <laughs> you should yeah. you should make a video yeah. for it. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, maybe one of these right? days. No, and I, I have a question for you. And it's not really a question I have, mm -hmm. but I've heard this question. And I've heard a few different answers. For electric skateboards... Do specialty or more expensive bearings in terms of wheel roll? So not longevity or durability, but just if a bearing is saying mm -hmm. this will help your wheels roll better, do you think that that is a wise purchase for somebody using an electric skateboard and why or why not? In my personal opinion, you are going to get more value out of buying something like a Bones Reds or a uh, Jehu V2 bearing. Um, those things range anywhere from like 10 to $20. And they're going to last you just as long as any $120 ceramic bearings when it comes to an electric board. Um, you're not worried about the ride quality changing because it's being driven by an electric motor in the back. Um, if you were kick pushing a lot, then maybe it's worth looking into ceramic right. bearings. It's going to make it easier on you because um, they just tend to last longer. They have a better glide, um, but ultimately we're being driven by motors. And I think it's worth the value to just save some money and buy some Bones Reds or 
some loaded Jihu bearings. They're much less expensive and you can buy a set of them for the same price as some bone speed cream and the bones cleaning kit. So ultimately that's going to be the choice of the rider. Um, and like I said, if you do have ceramic bearings or something that's more expensive, then definitely look into that, you know, $20 towards the cleaning kit and cleaning supplies because that will last you longer. But if you're just one of those people that's swapping the bearings out when they go bad, I would just look into getting some bones reds or something expensive like yeah, that. That's what I do. The bones reds, I feel like do fine. I think they, I think they're decent. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a decent enough product. If you really want to splurge on something that's like a, a budget friendly bearing, just go to loaded's website and get the, the Jihu bearings. They're, they're fairly inexpensive for what you're getting. They have uh, nice rubberized covers. Um, they're, they're a high quality bearing for an inexpensive price. Um, and many of us use ABEC cores or Kegel cores. Mm-hmm. So those bearings are typically offered when you order either of those. So um, definitely something to think about when you are purchasing. Um, and I guess one thing to kind of tie up this short uh, maintenance video, um, cleaning grip tape. Um, I can't say that it is not beneficial because it is important. Um, it's definitely not the most important thing on your board, uh, but it is going to keep you feeling more secure when you're riding. And a $5 grip tape cleaner from Amazon uh, goes a long way. It, it It's kind of amazing how well they work. Um, you can find them, again, on Amazon, your local skate shop. It's like five, 10 bucks max. Um, and they last forever. It's basically just a rubberized eraser that you rub on the board and it removes any dirt grime things like that and creates a nice uh grippy surface for you to to utilize um so definitely look into that um and then also one other product that i think is really important um and that is becoming more and more popular um, is the gecko derm skins for your board Uh, so this actually gets applied to the underside of the board it adheres right on um, it protects it from any grime, dust, oil, uh, gross nasties that that might get stuck to the bottom of your board. Um, and they are adding more and more board options um, each day. Um, I know they have a lot of the boosted products on there right now. They also have the Hoyt Street EL1. Um, so they're definitely increasing their selection. Um, and for the $50 or whatever they cost, it seems like a pretty good value in my opinion. Um, especially if it saves you 15, 20 minutes every single time you want to clean your board. Um, and they definitely seem to last a long time. Yeah, I, I was just looking at if there were any alternatives because obviously this looks this looks solid. And I've I've seen it not in person, but I've seen photos of them on social media. So not, not professional yep. marketing photos. Um, they looked super easy to put on and they looked uh, incredible. They describe them kind of like as a screen protector for your, for your board. Um, and it's it's just a, a clear, thick, protective layer, and they call it professional grade. And that was my question. I found two alternatives. I don't know if they brag about the same protection as Gecko Derm. So this so slick wraps, which I'm sure you've heard of, uh, makes stuff for mm-hmm. all sorts of uh, technological devices. Has a whole set and series here for boosted boards, um, all sorts of cool designs, and uh, definitely more variety because it's not clear. But I don't 
see them bragging about it being protective at all, which is where gecko derm comes in, especially for those of us that ride up yeah. north with all the salt in the streets. Um, the other one is called MightySkins.com, and obviously they have tons of different products they put skins on, but they do Boosted Mini X as well. Uh, but again, yep. no, no protection to be bragged about that I can see. But they do. If you're if you're yeah. less concerned about protection and more about style, um, I'm going to give the edge to Slick Wraps or Mighty Skins. Um, and then if you're like, you, if you if you prefer the stock style or the the skin you already have or, or the the deck you use, uh, it looks like Gecko Derm is going to go with. Uh, is if you're into protecting your board and less about how it looks, um, you're going to want to lean towards Gecko Derm. Yeah, and I think ultimately it comes down to this being a large investment. Everybody, when they buy their board, those boards are big investments. Uh, for some people, it's probably one of the biggest investments they'll ever make in their lives, um, especially if they're younger. Um, it might be the big first investment that they've ever had. Mm -hmm. So protect your investment. Um, do regular maintenance. Buy protective skins for them. You know, clean your bearings. Dust them regularly. Um, don't be afraid to clean your board. Um, it's only going to benefit you and your investment. Um, so that's definitely something to consider uh, when you are looking into cleaning options and maintenance options for your boards. Truth, a dry a dry cloth and, you know, taking apart the board to look for bad connections or dirt will go a long way. I mean, that's preventative maintenance right there. I mean, that I, yep. it, it's... It takes, what, five, 10 minutes, maybe a little bit longer the first time you do it. And after that, it becomes muscle memory. Yep. And uh, it just, it, it erases so many intangibles and so many variables of what could go wrong with your board, right? Water damage, a bad connection, uh, grime, rust. And it, it takes most of those out of the equation for, could anything go wrong with my board while I'm flying down the street at 25 miles an hour? Um, and, and for me, that's yep. worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And one other quick note um, before we kind of end this short episode, you don't have to clean your bearings every time you ride. That's something you want to do only when the bearings start to show signs of wear. Um, so when your wheel stops spinning on its own um, or you're just unable to rotate the wheel or it has a grindy sound, um, that's when you want to look into doing some bearing maintenance. Um, I would say every six months is probably fine. Um, some people may need to do it every couple months, um, but you don't need to do it every single time you ride. Yeah, I'd say it's part of it's climate-based, climate and terrain. And, you know, certain boards lend themselves to dirtier uh, types of terrain. For example, like the Skate Metric yep. Patriot, which is a, a popular DIY template that people used to build their own yep. literal electric mountain board. Um, that thing would take way more cleaning and maintenance because they're throwing it through fields of mud versus, you know, clean mm -hmm. and shiny Hollywood Hills streets. Not saying that the Hollywood Hills person yeah. doesn't need to do maintenance on their boards, um, but they're, they're starting on a totally different uh, list of priorities compared to taking your board off road. Yeah, absolutely. So again, do yourself the service, buy a rag, buy a toothbrush, some kind of brush to get those, those hard to reach spaces. Um, an air duster, a rag, um, do whatever you need to do to keep your boards cleaned and maintained. It will protect that investment that you made tenfold um, for, you know, the cost of a lunch. So feel free to uh, reach out to us if you have any maintenance questions. Um, 
we're always available at electric skatecast at jgrandgr and at official terminal x um, we're always happy to help you uh, figure out what you might need to do or put you on the right path um, and again do research uh, we're not the only resource to go to for maintenance you can also reach out to the board manufacturer which is something that i would recommend doing Absolutely. first because they're going to tell you the best practice for their specific board um, and after that youtube is a great resource there's tons of people on there that are regularly doing maintenance videos um, and things like that so do your research contact your board manufacturer um, and if either of those fail uh, you can always reach out to us and we'd be happy to give you some tips and Truth. pointers. And if you're like me and you think that maintenance and cleaning is boring and it takes up time when you could be riding or doing something else, just listen to this <laughs> podcast while you're doing it. That's my advice to you. So that, yeah, that's so that you don't option. feel like you're wasting your time because instead you get to listen to us serenade you about how important it is to clean your board while you clean your electric skateboard. So you, 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 you're multitasking at that point. You're, you're killing two burns. Exactly. Two burns exactly. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I just had that brain blast while you were talking about, um, the YouTube videos to do research. Cause that's what I was watching right before we started this episode. I was watching a guy clean his yeah. boosted board. <laughs> yeah. And that's, again, that's all it comes down to find something to do while you do it, uh, make it part of your routine and you'll only benefit from it. Um, so again, thank you for listening. I know this was a shorter episode. We have some more content coming out later uh, at the end of the month, as well as the month of June. Uh, we are starting to really get into the swing of the season for skating uh, where we are. So we're excited to get out there uh, and ride, um, but we're going to do our best to get regular content out to you, our listeners. Um, so again, thank you for listening. Um, and as always, this is at jgrandgr and at official terminal x um, and we appreciate you listening to electric skatecast peace